Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod. Thank you for joining me. So this is it. Welcome to the regional extravaganza pod. So if you're listening in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other major audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button, comment, and hit that notifications bell as well. On Twitter, please follow me at 60FT6IMLSUPOD and make sure to follow and set your notifications as well. Please feel free to interact with me as well. And as always, thank you to everybody for the likes, the retweets, the comments, and support. It is greatly appreciated. So this is it. We've made it. It is regional time. And as we all know by now, LSU was unable to secure a regional host site. Therefore, the Tigers hit the road, only having to travel 2.5 hours to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the host for this regional and the number one seed, the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. So in this episode, I will go over each team briefly, that being the four seed, the Army Black Knights, the three seed, the Kennesaw State Owls, and of course, the one seed, Southern Miss. And at the end of the episode, I will give you my get right, stay right list for the regional I will also give you the three keys to the weekend for LSU, and then finally, my regional prediction. So you got to stick around, you got to stay tuned, but if for some reason you don't want the whole 60 feet, 6 inches regional breakdown pod, if you don't want the extravaganza, you just want to hear about one team in particular, well, you're in luck because I recorded a very quick breakdown of each team in the regional, that being Army, Kennesaw State, and Southern Miss separately, and that is in podcast form only. All of these single episodes are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms as usual. And there is a link to each individual team podcast on my Twitter account, which is once again at 60FT6INLSUPOD. So if you're still here, let's get it. This is an amazing time of year with college baseball galore all over the TV, all over the internet. It's everywhere you look. So this is it. This is the Cubans, baby. The Cohibas, the Monte Cristos. A little movie drop, if you know what that is. The regional extravaganza pod. So I'm pumped to do this one. I feel like I put in a lot of work. I feel like I got a pretty good handle on things. So Friday through Sunday, and it's going to start on Friday afternoon with the one seed and the four seed meeting as Army will face the host team, Southern Miss. And then the nightcap for game two. On Friday night, it will feature the three seeds, Kennesaw State, squaring off against the two seed, the LSU Tigers, probably around 6 o'clock. So here we go. Let's start it off. Let's talk about the four seed, the Army Black Knights. So on the year, they are 31-23. and 23. They won the Patriot League this year. They finished 18-7 and seven in that conference. They have a strength of schedule of 237. So team batting average. 301 for the Black Knights. Very good. Team ERA, 4.76. On the year, they have hit 97 doubles. They have hit only 31 home runs, so very light on the power side. They are 101 out of 120 in the stolen base category, so something to be aware of. They have a 970 fielding percentage as a team. Going back to that team batting average of 301, they are 32nd in the country when it comes to team batting average. And they are 21st in the country when it comes to stolen bases. They have stolen 101 on the year. So very impressive. One, they can hit. And when they get look to get on base, they look to cause trouble, cause havoc. And they're going to put runners in motion and really put pressure on that defense. 
Some notable things about the Army schedule this year. They went to Vanderbilt and went 0-3. They went to TCU and went 0-2 on the year. And they also lost to Campbell, who is appearing in the NCAA Regionals as well. Quickly, we'll go over a couple of their top hitters and top pitchers. First, we'll start off with the hitters. And the man that kind of gets it going for these guys is Sam Ruta, or Ruta, R-U-T-A. He is a sophomore infielder. He's going to play third for these guys. He is hitting 385 on the year, so very impressive. 69 hits, 14 doubles. He does have some pop with six home runs, and he has six for seven on stolen bases for the year. Also, junior infielder, first baseman Ross Frederick. He's hitting 346 on the year with 72 hits, 13 doubles, and six home runs as well. He does not look to run, though. Then you have their shortstop, so really just an infield-heavy team here. Shortstop, Kevin Dubrul, D-U-B-R-U-L-E. He's hitting 329 on the year. He leads the team with 76 hits. He also leads the team in doubles as he has 17, only one home run on the year, and he does have six, excuse me, four stolen bases out of six attempts. He is also a junior infielder. And then finally, rounding out the top hitters for the Army Black Knights is outfielder Nick Menesis. He is hitting 308. He has 62 hits, four doubles. He does lead the Black Knights in home runs with seven. He also leads the team in RBIs with 49. And he can run a little bit too. He is 10 for 11 on stolen bases on the year. Also, he's kind of a big swing and miss guy, as you would imagine. Their power guy is going to swing and miss a lot. He leads a team with 53 strikeouts. Something else to note, while I highlighted those top four guys, they also have guys on their team. Listen to these stolen base numbers. 10 of 11, 10 of 14, 21 of 25, and finally, one dude with 31 out of 34 stolen bases. So the Black Knights, while they may lack a little bit in power with only 31 home runs as a team, they more than make up for with their aggressiveness on the bases, looking to put pressure on the defense. And once again, with that Team BA of 301, they can put the ball in play and do some damage. Getting into the pitchers, they have a team batting average against of 255. I would imagine they're probably going to start this guy on Friday afternoon against Southern Miss. Uh, he looks to me to be their ace. That is sophomore left-handed pitcher, Connolly Early. He has started 13 games this year for Army. He is 7-3 on the year. He has a 3.39 ERA. In 79 and two-thirds innings pitched, he has given up 62 hits, so very nice. 36 runs, 30 earned. He does have 34 walks, though, in 79-plus innings pitched with 80 Ks. He has a 213 batting average against, and that is sophomore left-handed pitcher Connolly Early. Another starter that I highlighted was junior right-handed pitcher Brian Dawson. He has started nine games on the year. He is 4-2 with a 3.88 ERA, 51 innings pitched. He has given up more hits than innings pitched, so 57. He has also walked 11 and only struck out 24. So just by judging off his stats, I've never seen him pitch. Does not seem to be a swing and a miss guy, so he made like a little bit of high-end stuff. His batting average against is 286. And then when I looked at their pin, the back end of the rotation, I really highlighted two guys. The first one is sophomore right-handed pitcher Tanner Gresham. He has 18 appearances on the year. He is 1-1 one one with five saves. That leads the team in saves. He has a 2.73 ERA, 29 innings pitched with 14 walks and 27 strikeouts. He has a 218 batting average against. And then finally, to wrap up that pin, is a left-handed pitcher, sophomore Sean Dennehy. 19 appearances. He is 5-2 and two on the year with three saves to his credit. He has a 3.6 ERA, 
25 innings pitched, only 16 hits. Very impressive. That is a 176 batting average against, which leads the team. And in those 25 innings pitched, though, he has 20 walks and 27 Ks. So, and as we all know, with four seeds, it's going to be tough for these guys, but especially with Army. Look, those guys are there. They go to college for a higher purpose, right? They're there to go to college and eventually serve their country, and I have the utmost respect for these guys. If I could go down the field and shake their hands, I would, and just tell them I appreciate what they do for our country and to protect our interest. And look, they're just having a blast right now being in a regional. Obviously, they're going to go out there, compete, expect to win. But one of the things you find sometimes with a lot of four seeds and, and probably with Army, the same is true, is that once those top three or four pitchers, the two starters and two guys in the pin, once they get out the game, I would imagine the quality drops off significantly, and especially from a stuff-wise. Obviously, they go out and sign kids and they recruit all sports, but from a stuff perspective and the type of kids they're trying to recruit, it's, it's just going to be hard for them to compete at a very high level. Some team accolades to note. So sophomore left-handed pitcher, Connolly Early was the Patriot League Pitcher of the Year. And in terms of first-team all-conference for the Patriot League, Army absolutely dominated that list this year with right-handed pitcher Tanner Gresham. He's the one with five saves. He was a first-team all-conference selection, as was Frederick at first base, Dubruel at shortstop, Ruda at third base, uh, their second baseman as well. So basically their whole infield was first-team all-Patriot League. And then finally... Manesis in the outfield wraps it up with a first-team All-Patriot League selection for the Black Knights. So when I look at Army, look, they got to face the host in Southern Miss. And my prediction for Army, I think they're going to go 0-2. It's just a tough hill to climb for these guys. Now, I do think they will make some noise, maybe put some pressure on Southern Miss early. And I think they're going to have a good chance. Uh, I do think they're going to lose the first game, but in that loser's record game, I think they have a chance to compete with whoever they play. And maybe put some pressure on those guys. But what I think you're going to see is whoever they play in that loser's bracket game, I think the pitching is going to slack off significantly. And then and then they're just going to get um, – they're eventually going to lose, and it may be a blowout. So while I love the Black Knights and everything those kids are about, I think they're going to go 0-2 on the weekend. So that is my prediction for the four seed. Moving on to the three seed, LSU's opponent Friday night, the Kennesaw State Owls out of the Atlantic Sun Conference. And it's kind of funny. When you look at all three of these teams, they all have some form or shade of gold, rather, with Southern Miss, Kennesaw State, Army, and then LSU. It's the gold series. So we'll see how many teams have gold jerseys to back that up. So Kennesaw State, 35-26 and on the year. They did win the Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament to get into the regional. They were 19-11 and in conference play this year. They had a strength of schedule of 29. So pretty good numbers right there for the Owls. When you look at their team batting average, they had a team BA of 301, so right there in line with Army. 121 doubles on the year. They only hit 67 home runs. They were 49 out of 64 when it comes to stolen base, so they don't run near as much as the Black Knights. And they had a fielding percentage of 967 as a team. When you look at their pitchers, I mean, this is high, guys. A team ERA of 6.08. So while they can hit, they're going to give it up as well. So I'm sure they were in a lot of shootouts this year. A couple things that were pretty impressive about Kennesaw State. They are ninth in the country in hits. So they had 641 hits as a team this year. They were 33rd in the country when it came to team batting average. So right there tied with Army. They were 34th in the country in doubles as they had 121 doubles this year. So this team can swing it. They can't pitch it that great, 
or at least statistically they can't, and they may have a few dudes down there, but when it comes to swinging it, they can absolutely do that and do that with the best of them. When you take a look at Kennesaw State's schedule, some teams of note. So if you don't know where Kennesaw State is located, they are on the outside of Atlanta, kind of on the northwest side. Um, so as you can imagine, they split with Georgia Tech this year. They played University of Georgia and they lost both of those games this year. They played Auburn and they lost. They did play Georgia Southern this year and they went one and two versus Georgia Southern, who is hosting a regional. And then finally, Kennesaw State went three and two versus Liberty, who is in their conference this year. And that is who they beat to get into the NCAA regional. And Liberty is in a regional as well. Now, let's take a look at some of their top hitters and pitchers for the Owls. And right off the bat, this dude stands out. Just think Enrique Bradfield Jr. from Vanderbilt, just at a smaller school. Because this guy absolutely makes Kennesaw State go, and he is a stud. He is Josh Hatcher. He is a senior outfielder. He's going to hit from the left side. He plays center, and he's going to lead off for these guys. He is hitting 386 on the year. Leads the team in hits with 103. Leads the team in doubles with 25. Has 13 home runs, so he's got some pop too from that leadoff spot. He has a 648 slugging percentage. Leads the team. And also, he is tied for the team lead in stolen bases as he is 11 for 14 when it comes to swiping bags. This guy's just a stud. Leads the team in doubles, slugging, stolen bases. He's tied for the lead. Leads the team in the average. I mean, this guy does it all. So as you can imagine, it is absolutely imperative Whoever starts this game for the Tigers does not let Josh Hatcher go off. I think you just got to take the same approach as you did with Enrique Bradfield Jr. from Vanderbilt. If you're Jason Kelly and Coach Jay Johnson, I think you do everything you can to prevent this guy from getting on base and causing havoc. Because obviously he is the engine to this offense. And as you can see, they have some guys that can really swing it on this team. Another guy of note who's going to hit in the four hole. It is red, excuse me, it is freshman first baseman Donovan Cash. Donovan is hitting 356 on the year. He has 85 hits. He has 20 doubles, 10 home runs, and he is slugging at a 565 percentage. He does not look to run no stolen bases on the year. But a lot of doubles. He's got double digit home runs. That's pretty impressive for a freshman. The two hole is going to be Tyler Simon. So Tyler's hitting 319 on the year, 79 hits. He does have 12 doubles. He's got a little bit of pop with seven home runs. And he's also tied for the team lead with Hatcher as he has 11 stolen bases in 14 attempts. And Simon is a senior shortstop. And then finally rounding out, rounding out my top hitters for Kennesaw State, I have five-hole hitter Cash Young. He's their third baseman. He's a grad student. He is the big power hitter on this team for the Owls. So Cash is hitting 296 on the year, 72 hits, 14 doubles. He leads the team in home runs with 17 he can run a little bit. He has five stolen bases and six attempts, and finally he is slugging 564. So three guys with double-digit home runs. Hatcher has 13, Cash with 10, Young with 17. But once again, Hatcher is the guy that makes his team go. Now let's get into some of their top pitchers. So I highlighted two starters and two relievers. From the pitching staff's perspective, remember they have a team ERA of 6.08 up in the stratosphere there. Their team batting average against is 269. So this is who I think Kennesaw State will throw against LSU Friday night. And this is, this is just me judging the stats, but this is probably who I would throw if I was the coaching staff. It is senior left-handed pitcher John Bezdecek. 
Left-handed pitcher. That's all I got to say, LSU fans. And we know they've been better, but he still those guys give LSU trouble. So Bezdechek started 15 games on the year for the Owls. He is 5-1 with a 3.75 ERA. He does have 74 innings pitched, 57 hits, 38 runs, 31 earned. A decent amount of walks in 74 and a third innings pitched with 31, but he does have some decent stuff as he has 81 strikeouts, so more strikeouts than innings pitched, and his BA against is 2.10. So I'm sure Jay Johnson and, and those guys have a scouting report, but I would imagine Friday night you're going to see Bezdechek trot out to the mound for Kennesaw State. Another starter that I highlight is 6'7", senior right-handed pitcher Jack Myers. He has started 15 games for Kennesaw State this year. He is 5-3 with a 4.01 ERA. 85 and a third innings pitched, 82 hits, 47 runs, 38 earned runs, 29 walks, and 65 strikeouts. So not a big swing and miss guy right there with 85 innings pitched and only 65 strikeouts. His BA against is 244. So as you can see with a team ERA in the sixes, I would imagine they're going to lack some high-end stuff, especially as you get into that bullpen or get that starter out the game early. Now they do have two guys who do a pretty good job in terms of shutting down the game. And these are really the two guys that stood out to me on the back end. But if you look at some of their stats, I mean, they have some high ERAs, a lot of decisions. So let's dig into those guys right now. Freshman right-handed pitcher, Smith Pinson. He has 23 appearances on the year. He is 6-5. and five. That is a ton of decisions for a guy at the back end of the bullpen. Three saves, 4.57 ERA, so pretty elevated right there. 65 innings pitch, 60 hits, 12 walks, 80 Ks. So he does have swing and miss stuff, but he can get hit. So 65 innings pitch, 80 Ks, and a 245 BA against. It's just odd to see 11 decisions and 23 appearances from him. And then finally, their closer, it is junior right-handed pitcher Jared Ryan. He has 21 appearances on the year. He is 4-0 with a 5.31 ERA. He does have seven saves for the Owls. Now, in 40 and two-thirds innings pitched, he has given up 41 hits, which is odd for a closer, 24 walks, odd again, and only 34 Ks. So he seems to be their go-to guy with seven saves, but look, high ERA, even with regards to hits to innings pitched, and less Ks than innings pitched. So I don't know what kind of stuff he has. I'm sure we'll have a chance to find out Friday night. Well, hopefully LSU doesn't. Hopefully they're in the lead big time. But Ryan, just wrapping him up, he has a 263 batting average again, so right in line with that Team BA of 269 for Kennesaw State. So let's get into some accolades. And as you can imagine, Josh Hatcher has a ton of them. This guy has some absolute gold-plated money stats if I've ever heard him. Josh Hatcher hitting 386. He is 28th in the country in batting average. He was first team A Sun conference player. He was the A Sun tournament MVP. Listen to this. He hit for the cycle twice this year in a three game span. He is the third player in Division I history to hit for two cycles in the same season. That is that's impressive. Josh Hatcher also had a 27-game hit streak earlier this year. Josh Hatcher is the Kennesaw State record holder for the most doubles in a season. So this year he has 25, just to remind you. And remember, he's got some pop too. He has 13 bombs. So he's hit for the cycle 
He's their he's their single season holder for the most doubles, and he's 28th in the country in terms of batting average. Circle, highlight, star, bedazzle, whatever you got to do on the scouting report about that guy. Put his mug shot up in everybody's locker, whatever it takes. A couple more accolades. Donovan Cash, the freshman first baseman. He was the A-Sun freshman of the year, so very impressive. He was also second team all-conference. Then you look at Tyler Simon. He's been there forever. He's been there since 2018. In 2018, he was a freshman All-American. This year, he was second team all-conference in the A-Sun. And then finally, Cash Young, their big power hitter who has 17 home runs. He is the Kennesaw State single season record holder for most home runs in a season with 17. So as you can see, this team is old. They are experienced. They have some guys with some pop and some guys who are some true program players and have really turned this program around and whose names are in the record books. And I would imagine Hatcher's probably going to get his number retired at Kennesaw State. If he doesn't, then they need to figure out what's going on at that program. So a tricky opponent for Kennesaw State. Um, I'm going to get to it in my regional predictions. I'm going to hold off for now what I think will happen between Kennesaw State and LSU. And quickly, we will move on to the host team, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, your one seed in the Hattiesburg Regional. Southern Miss on the year was 43-16. and 16. They were 23-7 and seven in Conference USA. Their strength of schedule came in at a 52, based on my research. When you look at their team batting average, it was a 283, so very similar to LSU. They hit 118 doubles as a team, 77 home runs, so far less than LSU. And they were 29 for 44 in stolen bases. So much like the Tigers, Southern Miss doesn't look to run once they get on the bases. This is what separates Southern Miss, in my opinion, from some of the other teams LSU has faced this year. The Golden Eagles have a team ERA of 3.16. They have a team fielding percentage of 976. Circling back to those pitchers. The Southern Miss pitching staff, they lead the country in strikeout-to-walk ratio. They have 4.39 Ks for every walk that they give up. They have a team batting average against of 225. The Southern Miss pitchers have thrown 533 innings pitched this year. They have 668 strikeouts and only 152 walks. They are second in the country in team ERA at 3.16. That's, the, that's what I saw. I saw Southern Miss had a 3.06 on their own website. I don't know the discrepancy or what the reason for that is, but either way, it's damn good. Who cares? They're second in the country. They're also second in the country at 11.3 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. So absolute fire pitching staff and pitching stats this year. So something LSU will have to contend with. In terms of a schedule, as you would imagine, being in Mississippi, Southern Miss went 1-0 against Mississippi State this year. They went 1-1 versus Ole Miss. They played ULL. Southern Miss won two games, lost one. They went 0-3 versus DBU this year. They went 1-0 versus Bama. Southern Miss won two and lost one versus Louisiana Tech, who's in their conference. And then finally, they went 1-2 versus ODU, who was an NCAA regional snub. And if you look at their schedule, Tech and Ole Miss are obviously in the NCAA regionals as well. So look, they played some very good teams. They have a good conference, and they went on a conference and scheduled some tough people. So hats off to them. And if, if you would remember, halfway through the season, they were in talk for a top eight national seed as well before they kind of slid off a little bit towards the end of the year. All right, let's get into some hitters. Now, I know I usually do like four hitters, but with these guys, I felt I kind of had to extend the list a little bit. 
since I have a feeling LSU is going to be seeing these guys uh, a couple times this weekend. So their hitters, sophomore shortstop Dustin Dickerson. He leads the team with a 346 batting average. He also leads the team in doubles at 23. No home runs, um, nothing significant to speak of besides the fact that he has six stolen bases on the air. So remember, they don't really run, but they do have some guys with some pop. So Dickerson, one to watch out for with a 346 BA and a 23 doubles on the year. Next is sophomore DH Slade Wilkes. He's at 293 batting average, 16 doubles, double digit home run guy here with 10, and he leads the team in strikeouts. So a big swing and miss guy as well. Power guy, swing and miss guy, kind of go hand in hand nowadays as he has 55 strikeouts on the year. Next is junior left fielder Reese Ewing, a 291 batting average. He also has double digit bombs with 10. He's a little bit interesting where he has 43 walks and 44 K. So he's really the only guy that has an even walk to strikeout ratio for Reese Ewing. Redshirt freshman right fielder. I'm probably going to butcher this kid's name. I apologize. Carson Patel. He is hitting 285 on the year with 14 doubles. He has 13 home runs. We're kind of climbing the home run chart here. And he has 54 Ks on the year. He does have 44 RBIs. Junior second baseman Will McGillis, 276 on the year, 15 home runs. I don't know if you notice a trend as I'm saying it. You know, you're not seeing it on the screen or the page. As the batting averages go down, the power numbers go up, and so do the strikeouts. So McGillis, 15 home runs on the year, uh, six stolen bases on the year, 47 strikeouts, and he is second on the team in RBIs with 49. And then finally, their big power hitter, junior first baseman, Christopher Sargent. He's hitting 251. He leads the team with 20 home runs, and he also leads the team in RBIs with 54. So as you see, they got five guys with double-digit home runs compared to LSU, who has four, but two more guys right on the cusp. So LSU could easily end up with six guys in double-digit home runs, so very impressive. But for Southern Miss, um, let's see, Wilkes has 10, Ewing has 10, Patow has 13, McGillis 15, and then finally Sargent with 20. So uh, I think they're very similar when it comes to LSU in terms of hitting. They have some guys with some pop. They don't really run. Um, And they're talented hitters, right? They've seen good pitching all year. But their batting averages do tend to tail off pretty quick once you get past Dustin Dickerson at 346 average. Everybody after that's kind of in that, you know, 270 to 290 range. Now, I think this is what sets Southern Miss apart from some of the teams LSU's seen. And it's really their, their pitchers and specifically their starters. They have three bona fide dudes at, in their rotation and three guys to where it's been set all year. A game one, a game two, a game three guy. A Friday, a Saturday, Sunday guy. Bam, bam, bam. And LSU, you know, has been mix and match and really don't have a game three guy they can count on. But Southern Miss has three dudes and specifically one dude. That's very impressive. They all have impressive stats, but I think right-handed pitcher Tanner Hall, who hails from Zachary, Louisiana, we let that guy get away somehow. He has started 14 games on the year for Southern Miss. He is 8-2 with a 2.69 ERA. He has thrown 93 and two-thirds innings pitched, given up 82 hits, 39 runs, 28 earned, and 93-plus innings pitched this year. Tanner Hall, 11 walks, 130 strikeouts. So serious swing and miss stuff. But we've seen times this year where guys have come in with really low walk numbers, and LSU's had a chance to get a couple walks in the game or drive up their pitch count. Just look at Chase Dolander. I think he had nine walks coming into the LSU game when they uh, LSU and Tennessee scored off in the SEC tournament. I think LSU was able to work two or three walks out of him. So 
Tanner Hall, 11 walks, 132 Ks on the year, and his BA against is 228. Very impressive for that young man. Their number two guy, who I think is their number two guy, and their game two starter is right-handed pitcher Hunter Riggins. He has started 15 games this year. He is 8-4 and four in the year with a 2.75 ERA, 88 and a third innings pitched, 78 hits, 33 runs, 27 earned. Now his stuff is a little different. 20 walks, 79 punch outs for Mr. Riggins. So 79 strikeouts and 88 plus innings pitched this year. So not quite the swing and miss stuff. And he has a batting average against of 234. So definitely different type stuff uh, compared to Hall and this next guy. And then finally, when you look at their top three starters, the last one is right-handed pitcher Hurston Waldrip. So Hurston on the year, 15 games started, a 6-1, and one, one loss record. He has a 2.99 ERA, 78 and a third innings pitched, 60 hits, very impressive. 31 runs, 26 earned, 22 walks, excuse me, 27 walks, but over 100 punch outs with 117. So 78 and a third innings pitched, only 60 hits. So he has a BA against of 209. Very impressive. And then you look, 117 Ks. So similar strikeout to walk ratio numbers as Tanner Hall. And, uh, you know, those three th- starters for them, I mean, they're just, they're really good. Some of the best in the country, especially when you have uh, statistically the second best pitching staff in the country. So pretty impressive what they've done over there in Hattiesburg. And quickly getting to the guys in the pen, three guys really jump off the page to me. First is their closer. He's their dude. Right-handed pitcher Landon Harper. He has 11 saves on the year in 27 appearances. He is 2-2. Two and two. He has a 2.27 ERA. So he has thrown 39 and two-thirds innings pitch. So 27 appearances, 39 two-thirds, so he can go more than one inning. 30 hits. He only has seven walks and 45 Ks. So that's exactly what a closer is supposed to do, right? That looks like closer stuff right there. Not a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts, more than innings pitched, and he has a 210 batting average against, so very impressive by Landon Harper. Dalton Rogers. So he is really their only left-handed pitcher of note. They have like two more in the bullpen, but those guys are nine appearances, nine innings. So they haven't pitched a lot. They look to be very situational. But Dalton Rogers, so that's good news to LSU fans. Southern Miss is right-handed pitcher heavy. But Dalton Rogers is pretty impressive. He has six saves, so he can close the game out. 20 appearances. He is one and one on the year. He has a 1.67 ERA. In 32 and a thirds innings pitched, he has only given up 11 hits. So that means he has a 104 batting average against. <laughs> That's crazy, right around 100. He does have a chance, you know, propensity to walk people with 17 walks and 49 Ks. So Dalton Rogers slinging it from the left side. And then finally, another right handed pitcher in Garrett Ramsey. So Garrett is 5 0 on the year. In 20 appearances, he also has four saves. He has a 2.35 ERA. He has thrown 30 and two-thirds innings pitched, given up 30 hits, 10 walks, and 44 strikeouts. So all these guys at the back end have more strikeouts than innings pitched, so they have good stuff. Um, You know, uh, all have good batting averages against as well. So when you look at these three guys in the pen, I was wondering how they compared to Gervais, Cooper, and Razelman. And look, their stats are very comparable. Those three guys for LSU have low batting average against. They have more strikeouts than innings pitched, less hits than innings pitched, lower ER. I mean, maybe not as low of an ERA, 
but uh, and not as many saves with Gervais having about five saves, I believe. But when you look statistically, those three guys for Southern Miss and the three guys at the back end of the bullpen for LSU are basically what and what. So I'm not overly concerned in terms of how LSU matches up at the back end of the game with Southern Miss. I am concerned, though, it's a little bit different if, if this regional gets extended for one way or another, another in terms of coming out of a loser's bracket or getting beat to where they have to play a, a, an extra game. Um, Southern Miss does have the advantage when it comes to starters, in my opinion. So quickly, some accolades for the Southern Miss players. Tanner Hall was the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year. So that guy just wrapped up a phenomenal year. Hats off to that young man. Hurston Waldrop, who I mentioned is probably their number three or their game three starter. He was a first-team all-conference player for the Golden Eagles. And then finally, their closer, Landon Harper, was also a first-team all-conference player as well. Real quick, when I was looking at Southern Miss, I did... I was curious as to how LSU matched up with them statistically. So I have some LSU stats, and I'm not going to break the team down like I would an opposing team, but real quick. LSU is 38-20 and 20 on the year, so strength of schedule of 19. That's what I found once they've wrapped everything up. So LSU's Team BA is a 289, and Southern Miss was a 283, and the other two teams, Army and Kennesaw State, was a bit better at 301 for both those guys. LSU has hit 113 doubles on the year. They have 107 home runs, which is good for 11th in the country. So by far and away, they have the most pop in this regional. LSU's team ERA is a 4.09. Their team batting average against as a pitching staff is 235, so very impressive. And then the fielding percentage is 961, and we can push that to the side. But I know I've been critical. I don't know about critical, but I've questioned some of the things Jason Kelly has done with this pitching staff um, this year. More so when it comes to pitch selection, or Pitt's execution, or, or, or patterns. Not necessarily who he's thrown at certain times, because I'm sure him and Jay Johnson talk about the order of pitchers they want to go, or who they feel comfortable with in certain matchups. But, um, I mean, I thought he's done... When you look at the stats, and you take a step back, and what he's had to work with this year, Jason Kelly has done a phenomenal job with this LSU pitching staff. And this is what I'm talking about. For this LSU pitching staff this year, with not a true third starter... And just a bunch of guys out of the bullpen, and the bullpen carrying a ton of innings this year. LSU's pitchers, they are 19th in the country in strikeout-to-walk ratio. They have thrown 510 innings this year, 576 Ks, 203 walks. So that is 2.84 Ks per walk. So Southern Miss is second in the country in that category, LSU 19th. LSU is 23rd in the country in Team ERA with a 4.09. Southern Miss is second with a 3.16, but still 23rd. Very impressive. LSU's pitchers are 23rd in the country at 10.2 strikeouts per innings pitched. Southern Miss was number two, but still great job by this by that staff. And then finally, LSU's pitchers are 22nd in the country, looking at 8.14 hits per game. And Southern Miss is eighth at 7.62. So when you break these pitching staffs down, look, I think the bullpen is what and what. I really do. And I probably give LSU's bullpen the advantage in terms of depth and the ability. I don't know if these guys for Southern Miss can go back-to-back games or how often they can throw in a weekend, but I know LSU guys can. I know LSU can run six, maybe even seven dudes out that pen that can give you quality innings and quality outs. But when you look at Southern Miss starters, I think you have to tip the hat to those guys. They have bona fide starters, guys that have started 14, 15, and 15 games. I mean, that's consistency. Those are guys that you can count on, and they all have an ERA below three. So you have Hilliard, 
who is a gutsy senior who gives you everything he can every time he goes out there. And I think he's been nails, you know, except for a three-week stretch uh, towards the end of conference play. And then you have the emergence of Ty Floyd. So they're just going to have to roll the dice and see where what happens. All right, here we go. Get right, stay right list for the regionals. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Get right. To me, it's obvious. It's got to be Barry and Doty. Those two guys back in that lineup means a ton for the LSU Tigers. If those guys are 100% healthy and you can only trust um, the coaching staff, Jay Johnson, and the training staff at this point, holding those guys out of the SEC tournament was absolutely the right call. But to me, if Barry and Doty can get right, if they can add some punch to that lineup, if they can help out Cruz and Pearson and Morgan, provide some pop, drive in the runs, lengthen that lineup like we've talked about. Now with Barry and Doty, you can push Thompson down. You can push McManus down to the eight hole where he is a dangerous eight hole hitter. You know, And I think Dugas and Joe Bear are going to flip-flop this weekend based on righty-lefty matchup. And Barry is going to DH, in my opinion. So you'll have Cranford in there. But if those guys can get right, this lineup is scary. And we just hope they're at 100%. We hope Barry can hit from the left side and that finger's all good. Because when those two guys are healthy and this lineup is right, they can hit with anybody in the country. So get right, Barry and Doty. Welcome back, boys. Stay right. Got to be Hilliard and Floyd. Bottom line, we don't really know who LSU's Game 3 starter is. Hasty didn't work out too great last week in the SEC tournament. Unfortunately, LSU didn't win that game because I would have loved to have seen who they would have started in Game 4 versus Tennessee. Were they going to go with Dutton or Taylor or Money or who knows? But I thought it would have been a very interesting call, and I was interested to see that choice. But stay right. Hilliard and Floyd. Look, Hilliard's a senior leader. He's the captain of the ship. He's steady Eddie. To me, I think you got to throw Hilliard in game one. I do not think you could overlook Kennesaw State. They can hit. They have some guys that can cause some trouble at the top of that lineup. Look, I mean, they're one of the top teams in the country in terms of Team BA and hits. So you know they can swing it. They just don't pitch it very well. So, I mean, I think Southern Miss has a huge advantage with Army. I mean, those guys could throw their third. I mean, if they really wanted to take a chance, they could probably even throw their fourth and probably be okay and then mop it up with the bullpen. So to me, Southern Miss a huge advantage. I don't see them throwing their one or two against Army. I would be shocked if they did. But I think with LSU, I think you got to go with Hilliard. I don't think you can take a chance to throw Floyd. And, I mean, look, if Blake Money was right, this is a perfect game for Blake Money. If he had been consistent all year or consistent as of late, I mean, think about if you could throw Blake Money out there for four or five against Kennesaw State, and then you could finish the game with that bullpen, and then you could save Hilliard or Floyd for Southern Miss, Southern Miss, or, or whatever happens. If you lose to Southern Miss, you're in the loser's bracket. But then you have one of those guys to play the, the elimination game. I mean, that would be phenomenal. But to me, Hilliard starts game one. And you go from there. So get right. Hilliard Floyd. Look, real quick. I didn't do gold plate and money stats because there's too many teams. And I gave you all a bunch of stats to begin with for each team. But listen to Floyd's stats over the past five outings. This is Nichols, Bama, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee. 
22 and a third innings pitched, 15 hits, 8 earned. So that's a 224 batting average against and a 282 ERA. He's been lights out. And I thought he'd do well against Tennessee. So to me, Floyd and Hilliard, y'all stay right. Okay, moving on. Starting to wrap this thing up here. Three keys to the weekend for LSU. First, LSU has to find a way to manufacture runs. In a regional, and when you're looking at facing Southern Miss, once or twice, or three times, they have to find a way to manufacture runs, and I think Barry and Doty will help with that. They cannot rely strictly on the home run. They have to be able to do something if you're facing some good starters and a, guy, and a team with a good pin and the ball is not flying out the park. They have to be able to bunt, steal, sacrifice, hit and run. You've seen them squeeze. They have to do something to be able to put some crooked numbers on the board. And I think Jay Johnson still has some tricks up his sleeve with these guys. And you've seen them at the end of the year find ways to produce runs or uh, try to score in different manners besides a home run. But to me, the first key, LSU has to find a way to manufacture runs, especially if they're in a, in a four to three ball game or a five to four ball game and you can't rely on the home run because their pitching is too good. You got to find a way to work yourself around the bases and put some runs up on the scoreboard. The second key to me, can the bullpen deliver all weekend? And they've done it all year. They've had some stretches where they've been better, a little up and down at times. But listen, all in all, the bullpen's been phenomenal. But can they do it when the pressure's on the line? And can they do it when they're called upon this weekend? And I think they're going to need to be lights out in two games. I'm talking lights out, shut the door, it's time to go home. Cooper, Gervais, Razelman, and others are here to close this game down. I think they're going to have to be able to handle a hostile environment and pressure situations and make tough pitches in high leverage situations. They're going to have to execute. You know, you can't have get two outs, men on first and second, and then lose your motion, and you got a four-pitch walk. And now you're in trouble, and the fans are going nuts. You know, you can't get 0-2 and throw the third breaking ball in the row and not bounce it, and you hang it, and a guy hits a double down the line that ties the game. They're going to have to execute every time when they're called upon, and I definitely think it's going to have to be two games when they're just lights out. And they're just going to have to compete every time. And they've done that all year. And they've gotten the most out of that bullpen. And I look forward to those guys dominating this weekend in some really tough situations. And then finally, the third key to the weekend for LSU. Can they be those road dogs that they talk about? Can they be that team that goes on the road, handles the pressure, handles the hostile environment in Hattiesburg, and handles the expectations? Look, a lot of people are already penciling in LSU to go to Miami. And I hope these guys aren't overlooking Kennesaw State, for one, and then Southern Miss, second. I mean, it's going to be nuts over there. You know, you're going to have some LSU fans there as well. But Southern Miss is uh, looking forward to this. They're looking to, to prove that they're a top 20 team in the country. They're looking to beat up on the, on the big dog, the perennial power in LSU. And LSU, you know, the past couple of years, they're not used to winning at a high level. I know they got to a super regional last year, but they're still finding ways to build off their success, having guys in the program who have a history to draw upon to where they're in, you know, college world series experience, super regionals, you know, the past two out of three years, they have guys in the program that they can lean on for situations like this. So, 
Can they handle the pressure and the expectations? And I think the biggest thing is Coach Jay Johnson and Jason Kelly, they're going to have a plan in place. And can these hitters and pitchers just execute your plan? Look, just do your job, win the at-bat, win the inning, win the pitch, and then go get the next guy. You can't worry about what happens, what if, what if, what if. Let the coaches worry about that stuff. You just got to go out there, not read the jerseys, just try to execute and do your job. And if you can't get it done, the guy behind you, your brother, is going to have to pick you up. So those are my three keys. Find a way to manufacture runs. Can the bullpen deliver all weekend in this regional setting? And then finally, can they handle the pressure in the hostile environment that's going to be waiting for those guys in Hattiesburg? Because that place is going to be packed. Finally, a review. Get right. Cruz and Doty, welcome back to the lineup, boys. Finally, stay right. Hilliard and Floyd. Okay, lastly, my prediction for the regional. I think Southern Miss is going to beat Army. I think LSU is going to beat Kennesaw State. I think LSU will beat Southern Miss. So LSU's in sole possession in the winner's bracket. I think Kennesaw State will beat Army. I think Kennesaw State will then play Southern Miss and lose. Setting up Southern Miss having to beat LSU twice. I think Southern Miss will beat LSU that game. I think they will go to a final and deciding game. And I think the Tigers, the team who wears the real gold jerseys, will advance to the Super Regionals. I think somebody on that team, some hero, is going to step up. Somebody that maybe we hadn't heard from in a while. Somebody like a Money or a Dutton or a Grant Taylor is going to go out there and deal in that marble game, that winner-take-all game in Hattiesburg where people are going to be going nuts. One of those guys is going to step up, or even Fontenot, or somebody's going to have an amazing game like a Cranford. Maybe he gets three RBIs. But LSU is going to find a way to win that marble game and advance to the Super Regionals. I do think they drop one to Southern Miss to set up that showdown, to get everybody's nerves and Baton Rouge going crazy. But in the end, the Tigers will prevail. So that's it. That is it for the regional pod extravaganza video that's going to do it for the Hattiesburg regional review please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel like and comment on this video make sure to check out the podcast on Apple Google and Spotify and finally be sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter the Twitter account is at 60ft 6in LSU pod enjoy the regional let's go Tigers and I will see y'all after the regional for the regional review pod Thank you all for all the support. It is truly appreciated. Be safe out there.